Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show, where each week you will hear the real-world experiences, life lessons, and guided principles that every highly driven man needs to master their health, productivity, and relationships by sharing conversations with the world's most successful people in fitness, nutrition, supplementation, and mindset. Meet your host, Benjamin Brown. He is a fitness and nutrition expert, consultant to Fortune 500 companies and world championship sports teams, a husband and father of three, and has been helping men transform their physiques, optimize their energy, and own their fatherly mission since 2005. Thank you for joining us today, and without further ado, let's jump right in. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. Today, I am sharing an interview uh, that I did on my buddy Jay Campbell's podcast, the TOT Revolution podcast. And we did this a few months back, it's actually several months back, uh, talking all about met- metabolism, all about metabolic flexibility, metabolic adaptation, and essentially why it's a really, really bad idea to uh, simply significantly reduce your calories and increase your exercise and how we essentially back ourselves into a corner when we do that to any aggressive degree. And so we talk about the nuances of the metabolism, why it's important to fluctuate your calories on a daily and weekly basis, to fluctuate your type, volume, and intensity of exercise based on how you're feeling, time of year, um, and all of those good things. And so I know for, I know you're going to really enjoy this one. I feel really good about the information that I shared here. However, the caveat is in the, in the beginning of the show, Jay and I talk a bit about why we decided to remove the complete essentials from the market. The complete essentials is our all in one workout product. And I'll remind you, this was several months ago. Uh, since then, a lot of things have transpired to the degree that the Complete Essentials is now officially back on the market. And in the interview, I share that it really was something that I wasn't effectively leveraging my time. Um, and I wanted to be in a position to help more people. And, I, and the way that I was doing that was through my coaching, which didn't leave me a lot of time for the Complete Essentials. And I didn't feel like I was doing justice to the product and to our customers. However, since that time, we've plugged in a bunch of new processes um, and we've been able to now get our product up on Amazon. So the, uh, the Complete Essentials is now going to be on Amazon. Uh, you'll, there's a link below in the show notes and it should be uh, available for prime shipping in the next few days. Uh, and also through our website, bslnutritionshop.com. So with that said, I'm really, really excited that the product's back on the market. Again, we've been able to do this in a way that we're really gonna be able to leverage, scale, and grow moving forward. That also allows me to continue to practice uh, my passion, which is coaching other individuals in nutrition, health, and fitness. And uh, with that said, I hope you guys love this episode. Uh, I'm confident you will all about metabolism. Hey guys, what is going on? It's Jay Campbell, of course, the author of a bunch of different books, and I'm joined today in studio by second time person, person is all I could come up with, Benjamin Brown of BSL Nutrition. Benjamin, what's up, brother? How are you? 
What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me back on the show. I appreciate it. It's awesome to have you, man. Um, I love you. Your information, your intel is incredible. I've been on Ben's uh, podcast now a couple times. The second one, I don't think hasn't run yet. It was really, really good, but I'm always really excited and enthusiastic to have him here. Um, and we're going to go really, really deep um, on nutrition stuff. I mean, Ben's, Ben's is just incredibly knowledgeable and resourceful dude, and he knows so much about the world of nutrition and just what's going on in that industry. But before we get there, I kind of want to just transition by saying, where should we share similar paths in that, you know, in the last three years, Benjamin has an awesome company and an awesome product, which I actually use um, in the supplement space. And he's kind of transitioning out now, not kind of, he is just as I did um, for my business partners, Josh and Jim with Optimized Life Nutrition. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about that, man. Talk about that transition so that, you know, you're not technically so much as involved in the supplement space now as you are sure. you and your brand. Sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it's always an interesting learning process, Jay, as you're aware. And, it, you know, the reason I got into it was I had the opportunity to create a product that I thought was going to help, that has, you know, helped a lot of people in, in various ways. And sure, you can think about that however you want. But um, the reality of the beast is, you know, my mission has always been to help people um, in, uh, you know, as much as possible. And the creation of the supplements, we created an essential amino acid powder. So you can think about it as like an all-in-one workout product that you take before and during and after your workouts or before and after, or however you want to slice it, that helps improve recovery and energy during your workouts and and muscle fatigue and all of those things. And while it was a great product, the reality of the beast and what a lot of people don't realize about the supplement industry is, one is it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And a lot of the products in the market, and I'm not here to call anyone out by any means. It's just, it is, it's just the reality of the beast. And so a lot of the products on the market are terribly um, low quality, low cost raw yep. materials. Um, that then products mark up exponentially so that they have high margin so that yep. they can actually make money. But what you realize very quickly, if you go into the supplement industry, um, which I would caution people to, I, I think right. there's a time and a place, but if, you, if you've gone down that road or you're thinking about going down that road or just so you understand is if you're actually putting good quality raw materials in your products, then it has a significant cost behind it. Yes. And there's only a certain level of, um, of uh, you know, what people are willing to pay. And right. so oftentimes it's all depends on what those margins are. What's your cost versus what your, you know, what your customers are willing to pay. And, and really the bottom line, and there's multiple factors that went into it. One is just the fact that I want to do what I love. I want to help a lot of people. And I think I can help more people by working with them directly than by selling a supplement and spending all of my time on that product and selling that product. And then the second thing is at the end of the day, um, you know, again, full disclosure is, is my business partner and I, we decided right off the bat, like we didn't want to bring in investors. Right. We had such a good quality product. Our cost was very high relative to the yep. majority of the products on the market because yep. it was such a comprehensive product. Therefore, our margins were relatively small compared to other products. And the only way for our product to grow was to doing a substantial volume, right. which we were building up to doing more and more volume year after year. But, um, you know, with that is we just didn't have a whole heck of a lot of working capital. Yep. Um, so we couldn't roll out new products. Um, you know, we were limited to somewhat smaller runs and 
And, and so those are all of the things that people don't realize are factors. And then of course, it's all the marketing game and um, companies hiding behind proprietary blends. And we were you know, right <laughs> off the bat, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's the nuts and bolts of it yeah. uh, is it's just a, it's a tough industry. You can do well. Uh, but we decided that, you know, whether, while we didn't want to wait another three or four years to um, really roll out more products, we made a strategic decision to kind of cut it, cut our losses. And, and we were profitable, but, but just to say, look, this isn't the direction that we want to continue to go. Well, you said, and I, and I applaud you first off, because again, you know, the people that know my story and I haven't shared it very much if at all, other than, you know, to people like you and in my inner circle. And I'll, I'll be very open about it right now. You know, um, I left Optimized Life Nutrition officially in June of this year. And um, same as you, dude, you know, we have been two and a half years into the product and, and the businesses and everything like that. And made an absolutely award-winning nootropic product, but like you, also had incredibly high-cost ingredients. Um, and so, you know, everything you just said resonates very deeply with me because I understand the game. It's a hustle. And, you know, I'll be more blunt and nicer than you were. Um, the majority of people in the supplement space are scam artists and con, and con men. You know, let's just, let's just be truthful. I mean, there's great people in the supplement space. There's no question. But the majority of people, and I won't name names, that make massive amounts of money and massive wholesale operations and marketing, oper marketing operations and redistribution operations are selling like 50 to 60% of label claim. Now, I, you know, yeah. I cannot prove that, right? But we know that they pay people off all the time who sue them for, you know, numerous reasons. So you're right. You know, if you want to make a really awesome product in the supplement industry, you better have incredibly deep pockets. Right. And you better be willing to like, you know, make nothing for seven to 10 years because well, that's what it's going to take. That's it. And, and I've, you know, I mean, I have three kids right. um, and I've been, you know, I was working for three or four years on the, we didn't pay ourselves a dime yeah. for four years. We didn't either. Uh, we didn't either. And, you know, so it's, it's like, how much time can I invest? How is it affecting the other areas of my life and my other businesses? Right. And it finally got to a point where it's like, look, man, quality of life. I, I can't focus on multiple things at once. Um, I need to be all in on one thing. And so I said, well, how can I help the most people? What's well, through my coaching programs. And that's just the way it is. And I'm going to, I'm going to just cut it off. And we've got a lot of disappointed customers and, and we do have some interested parties in our formula. So we're going to go down that road and see if it turns into something else. I hate to leave the product, right. uh, you know, for lack of a better term, sitting in the garage, but, uh, so, you know, hopefully it will come back at some point. Um, but for the time being is, is we're moving a different direction. So, well, I mean, again, I applaud you, brother. I mean, you're doing the right thing for you. You know, and, and people ask me, well, why would you want to get out? You guys have an award-winning nootropic. You know, Josh is a great guy. He's got a lot of money. He's a very smart marketer and all those things. And Jim is a brilliant, you know, designer, you know, chemistry right. mind and stuff like that. I personally love those guys. I did not want to be in a commoditized industry, bro. That's simple. Anybody yeah. can create, as you know, a, um, um, a nootropic or an amino acid or, a, you know, um, as you know, it's very easy to, to enter, right? And if you have an Instagram account with a six pack, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we both know that like social media has changed yeah. so much of the supplement slash marketing space. And I would really actually label them as one thing now. And if you're not both, 
and at costs or with deep pockets or all of the above, bro, it's a game that you really can't afford to play. Well, you know, it's a great point. And I think it sheds light to what, you know, for me is something that I had to, to, to dig deep and, and find out where my priorities lie sure. and where my values lie. And yeah. it really took, um, I had another business, I have another business and I had a falling out with my business partner and I ended up buying him out, but it was incredibly stressful time. Um, And I really kind of uh, withdrew from everything. I withdrew from social media, like, which was a good thing. I was going to say, that's a good thing, man. It's a great thing. But, But it also made me take a step back and say, what are the things that I really value in my life? Like, what do I prioritize? What are my non-negotiables? And then yep. obviously that's my commitment to my family, to my marriage, yep. um, to my community, uh, and to helping people. And how can I help people the best? But also, how can I honor all of those priorities exactly. while helping the most people? And the thing that was the outlier was certainly the supplement company. And, and so it just made sense. But I think that's, you know, for people listening is it's important for you to honor and if one is establish what your values are and yes. honor those values. What are your non-negotiables in life? Because otherwise you're just, you know, you're, you're, uh, whatever you, you're working for someone else. Basically. Exactly. Um, exactly. and you have to do what's best for you because otherwise you're putting on these stressors that are ultimately going to affect your health, your, your, your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health long-term. And all of that ties back into uh, our, our goal to be optimized on your end, right? How do we be the healthiest, most functional yep. human beings possible? I, for me, you know, I want to live a really long time and be able to, um, uh, you know, to, have a legacy for my children to teach my children how to live a, a healthy life. And I can't do that if I'm lost in, in responding to emails at all hours of the day to sell more product. It just doesn't align. It's not congruent with who I am anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, and I got mad love for you, brother. You know, I, I, you guys were way more involved in your product, you know, efforts than we were. Um, and I, I, but I saw, you know, obviously talking to you and just seeing other people like you that I was friends with that are in the supplement hustle. I just knew that's what I also didn't want to do. And, and again, for me, it just didn't seem to align with my visions, my values. And, you know, that's, that's the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm with you. You know, I also have, you know, three kids, essentially two biologicals and one bonus yeah. child um, and a wife and obviously, and, you know, other things that I do, other businesses I'm involved with. And it, you're right. It's just, it just wasn't worth it. You know, when I really started looking at like Instagram and like these other venues, you know, like I have a big, you know, active presence on Twitter, but that's it, you know? And then I start realizing, you know, people that we consult with are telling us, well, you got to have that channel and you got to have this channel. Right. It's just like, no, I'm done. I'm out, you know, good, good for you guys. And, 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 and so I totally get it, man. And I, again, I applaud you for doing that because we do have to align with our missions. That, that, that's the most important thing at the end of the day, always. 100%. Cool. So here's the discussion points today. Um, we're going to go deep, and we could go a bunch of different ways. So I know I'm going to fire you up <laughs> in one way, but I won't start, up, I won't start firing us up because I do want to talk about um, dieting strategies yeah. and metabolic resistantly, excuse me, metabolic resistance and the ultimate, which normally happens with most people who, quote, unquote, start diets is failure. <laughs> excuse me. Um, talk, talk a little bit about all of those things to start this off. 
Well, you know, that's obviously a super broad topic. Um, I think it's important for people to understand, why don't we just lay the foundation a little bit here when we talk about, and just talk kind of talk about metabolism here and and, and really the metabolism is this um, adaptive and reactive mechanism that the body has in place. And essentially what it is, is the way I like to think about it, it's our brain communicating with other areas of the body to facilitate certain responses, right? So the brain is communicating with the liver and the digestive system, and those organs are communicating with our pituitary and our hypothalamus um, and our gonads and our adrenals, right? And it's, it's sending signals to the body to initiate certain responses, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, facilitate uh, more carbohydrate digestion or fat or protein digestion and assimilation and absorption or stimulate the adrenal glands to start producing more adrenaline and cortisol. Um, And and so all of these things. And so when I say that the metabolism is this um, reactive and adaptable mechanism, essentially you can think about it uh, essentially like a thermostat is one way that I like to think about it in terms of you you know, you get too hot, the brain signals uh, the AC to kick on and it cools things down. You get too cold, uh, it kicks on the heat and, and warms things back up. With that said is, I think that there's a lot of things that we do from a dieting standpoint that for lack of a better term, piss the metabolism off. Because for sure. metabolism doesn't care how good, you know, how you want to look good in a swimsuit, right? It doesn't right. care that you're preparing, preparing for a physique show. Right. It just doesn't, it, it cares about survival. And these are the things that are fundamental in our DNA yep. is to experience periods of feast and famine and hunger and hunger's a sign that we need to be searching out for food. So it's a way yep. that we survive. And so how do we fuel the brain for survival? And and so what happens here is, and this is a good example because we're, we're, you know, by the time this comes out, we'll have just jumped into the new year and a lot of people are ready to start their 2019 new year's plans. Right. And so what does that mean? Well, typically it means that (laughs) we are going to start exercising more and we're going to start eating less. Right. Now, in a short period of time, that may not necessarily be a, a bad thing, but what we know is, and this is, this is dieting in a nutshell, right? Exercising more, eating less. We're creating a tremendous calorie deficit, right. but what we're not factoring in is the hormonal response. Yes. And that's where, that's part of that me- metabolism. Um, and, and so what happens is we end up, remember the, the metabolism is essentially like a thermostat. We end up pushing it or a pendulum, you could think about it like that. We end up pushing it too far in one direction and what happens, right? So we start the new year, we start our new exercise, we just join the gym or we rejoin the gym and we start our exercise program and we go on our uh, low carb diet, we go on our keto diet, we go on our whole, th- I'm doing whole 30, okay, cool, whatever. But ultimately ends up being very low calories, right? So what happens is we create this massive discrepancy between our calorie intake and our hormonal output. And essentially it's pushing the metabolism one way. It can only last for so long before the metabolism is like, Hey man, I care more about survival. I need nutrients. I need calories. You are going to start getting really freaking hungry. You are going to start craving some carbohydrates. Your energy levels are going to start to drop because we want to conserve energy. 
And that's what happens in this dieting mentality is we're going to kick you back the other way. So I'm yeah. sure so many people can, can understand when they've gone through periods of what could be considered dieting. They maybe they tried the latest fad diet and all of a sudden what they realize is after three or four or seven or 14 days that they start to experience all of these fluctuations. What could be an energy, could be hunger, could be cravings, could be sleep, could be libido right? Could be digestive issues, could be cognitive issues. And all of those things are signs that that metabolic output is out of whack. And so this is, this is an example of why we need to create some flexibility within our nutrition strategy so that we can go through periods of higher calorie, lower calorie, and essentially utilize different substrates. So how do we utilize uh, carbohydrates more effectively? How do we use, utilize fats more effectively? How do we go for periods, you know, longer periods of time without eating, without, uh, again, without um, sabotaging yeah. that, that metabolism? Does that make sense? Yeah, no. It's very, when I don't say anything, you're doing a good job. Because <laughs> normally I'm interrupting people, like their question, but no, dude, I mean, that's why you're on the show, man. You have a really good mind when it comes to nutrition and concepts. Um, but well, well, let's, let's take it a little bit deeper or go a little bit lay. So yeah. the next point we have to talk about is kind of metabolic flexibility, right? So, now, right. Yeah. Well, well, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, you know, discuss that in the realm of what you were just talking about. Like it's the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. So, so as we're talking about, okay, people are jumping on the exercise, low calorie bandwagon. Right. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that jumping into an aggressive exercise program is possibly the worst thing that you can do. For sure. And so the reason I say that, and I know that's an aggressive statement, um, and obviously it's very contextual, but the reason I say that is because the majority of what we can get accomplished from a weight loss, from a fat loss standpoint is through our nutrition, through our lifestyle, through our nutritional behaviors by again is how do we regulate it? so the best way to regulate fat loss is through a caloric deficit but also through hormonal balance right okay we can't lose sight of that factor it's because what happens when calories are out of or calories and hormones are out of balance is then we start start to experience those hunger energy cravings yep. sleep issues libido issues which so many people do experience yep. and so instead of looking at well, why would I start doing things that are going to, um, let's say, upregulate metabolic output? So when I start exercising, let's say I've been re relatively sedentary, what, start, what happens when I start doing things that are going to speed up the metabolism, like starting to exercise or starting to exercise aggressively, right? What else um, escalates is my hunger. And so we start exercising, but we're also getting massively hungry. Well, that's obviously not a great thing because now we're consuming more calories or we're getting more cravings or we're experiencing more hunger or things like that. So rather than focusing on jumping into an aggressive exercise program, I believe that a lot of people would be better suited focusing on their nutritional behaviors, their lifestyle behaviors, the things that help us manage that hormonal output and by managing that hormonal output, we can help naturally create more of a caloric deficit. 
So let me, let me give you an example and then I'll, I'll talk about how this relates to metabolic flexibility. Sure. And, and essentially when I'm talking about metabolic flexibility, Jay, all we're talking about is the body's natural ability to undulate between essentially we'll just say carbohydrates and fats. And then if, of course there's going to be some proteins in there. And if we're talking about, um, you know, some ketogenic amino acids. So the body has the ability to, to function off of um, fat as fuel, but, but primarily we're working between this, this fat burning and this carbohydrate burning, right? It's, you know, it's, it's just how we function. So yep. when we're typically lower intensity exercise, then we're burning more fat. As right. rest and of course it's highly individualized and if we're doing more intense physical activity then we're utilizing more carbohydrated fuel right metabolic flexibility is just the ability to jump between these two depending on the demands right depending on energy demands depending on the environmental demands uh, depending on the stress demands things like that right yep. totally and i believe that it's highly advantageous to maintain balance within this flexible atmosphere right? So that we don't get lost down one pathway. And when we focus on one dieting methodology, then it's easy to get too far down one of these pathways yes. um, to the degree that we're potentially compromising our ability to utilize another pathway. If we get too far down the ketogenic uh, pathway and just using fats as fuel while it can be beneficial i'm not going to totally um you know come down on on keto diets i do believe it has a, a time and a place but if we focus too much of our time and energy just on that for too long we potentially lose the ability to metabolize those carbohydrates absolutely which can be beneficial for us and 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 by going down that one pathway and having the body just focus on utilizing fats as fuel, then we're essentially uh, blocking our body's ability to utilize those carbohydrates, or we're just down-regulating that enzyme activity to yes. utilize carbohydrates as fuel and vice versa. And so it's in everyone's best interest to create this flexibility between these worlds. And it's not a sexy approach. It's not a uh, the new flavor of the month approach, and it takes work and awareness and commitment, and um, it takes working with a coach like you. Well, let me let, let's stay here because, like, this is you're 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 really speaking my language now. Um, the truth is, and it's my opinion, but how many people really are like you, though, Ben, or me, and are really going to give people this kind of adaptive, you know, flexible response where that you know you you should be utilizing all the different energy systems and fuel substrates, you know, between carbohydrates and fats. You know, the problem with our industry, as you know, is, is that people become so, you know, tunnel focused on one way is the only way. And so you've got the, you know, low carb, and then you have the, you know, if it fits your macros people, and now you have the strict ketogenic adherence. And obviously what you're saying is what I say too. I mean, I designed my entire diet around this on, you know, being yeah. metabolically flexible. I mean, that's the whole point of, the way all of us that really understand this should be doing it, but how hard is it, honestly? And I, obviously, it's your opinion, but you have a very good understanding of the business and the industry. How hard is it to find people like me and you, really, in this industry? Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> you're right on the spot. <laughs> you know, I, I think that um, it takes someone. It takes a coach who's been in the industry for quite a while, and and you know, it's interesting because we get 
two different spectrums because we get a lot of people that are so rooted in the research right. and spit certain methodology. You got to study for that, Ben? Yeah, exactly. Just based on what the research says people should be doing. And then you get coaches that um, <coughs> uh, maybe you know, don't have the experience or are just in the anecdotal evidence. And it does take a bit of a combination of both. But I would say more importantly is finding someone that's worked with a lot of people over yeah. time has experimented with things themselves and then can obviously individualize a plan based on, because there's so many factors at play. Yeah. So just take away this terminology, take away this whole, I feel like metabolic flexibility is a confusing yeah. um, you know, terminology to be utilizing and just say, look, people are very adaptive, resilient yes. Uh, entities and we have the ability to utilize multiple sources as fuel but more importantly is we have to find something that's going to work well for us and there's not there's no one way that's going to work well consistently and that's the key for people to understand like look I hate to tell you this but this is going to take work and it's going to take time and if you've been down the yo-yo dieting methodology route multiple times before then it's going to take you even more work and even longer to fix the damage that you've already done and while i applaud you for committing to certain things and wanting to improve your health and your weight and your fat loss um, and all of these things the reality is you have to be putting in the time and the energy consistently and doing the detective work to figure out how to um, you know, fuel yourself effectively de- just depending on, uh, on what's going on in your life. And that's what we teach our clients to do is you can go keto for a while. That's totally cool. But what happens when Christmas hits? Right. And there's just shit everywhere. Excuse my language. No, it's true. No, it's true. It's been like that in my house the last five, five, six days. Me too. And it's about, (laughs) it's like, it's just, it is. It's so, but that's, that's the thing, man. It's how do we understand how to function around that without just throwing everything, um, you know, completely falling off. And because when you understand metabolism, when you understand how you can utilize different fuel sources, um, how you can utilize intermittent fasting, how to leverage based on your sleep hygiene, how to um, manipulate calories based on um, where you are and, and, and all of those things, then you can create a really realistic lifestyle plan around, uh, around this, you know, dieting methodology, if you will. I'm, I'm walking right now on my earthing mat right now. That's why I'm moving around. It feels absolutely amazing. But but to keep to keep on your point, um, I, I totally obviously I'm in hundred thousand million percent agreement with you. You know, just a quick word on ketogenic dieting. Um, you're right. There are applications. There are disease you know ideologies for people that where the ketogenic diet you know actually can turn around the disease process and change things and alter you know, from a cellular and metabolic um, process level. So there, there are great applications for ketogenic diet, but you hit the nail right on the head. This is what I always go back to. You cannot, as a normal human being, stay on that direction for the whole part of your life because as you said, if, if you ever decide you want to go back to a quote-unquote normal diet that has carbohydrates in it, you know, as a basis, your insulin metabolism is so weirded out <coughs> from being in that ketogenic, you know, path, mm-hmm. pathogenic or substrate fuel process that 
you do have issues trying to reintroduce carbohydrates and quote unquote living a normal life. And I, it fascinates me that the people, the smartest guys in the ketogenic cycle, and you know, that's our circle, which is obviously Dom, you know, Diagostino, and he's a brilliant mind. Yeah. And there are other people, and I don't need to mention their names, but <clears throat> they don't have an answer to that. And they always say, well, that's who would want to do that. Well, a normal person, a normal yeah. person around the holidays is going to want a slice of apple pie and ice cream or Christmas right. cookies, right? <coughs> Excuse me. That's what, no. yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what bothers me is that <coughs> so many people who cling and stick to, you know, this adherence to their one size fits all philosophy, when they're hit with what you're talking about, what I'm bringing up right now is that you don't want to accept that that way is not the only way. And again, I, I get, you know, that Dom's a brilliant researcher and he's a great lecturer and I've never had the pleasure of meeting him in person. I've been at his lecture or one of his lectures it was in the audience, but, um, and somebody told me he was at A4M. I didn't see him, but, but anyway, bottom line is, is that I just feel that everything that you're saying is right. You have to work with a coach, someone like yourself, um, who really understands this game, who's been working with multiple patient clients, patients slash, um, you know, athletes, performance people who can, you know, give someone a lifestyle that they can adhere to, right? Because that's ultimately what matters is adherence. We both know that any type of extreme diet, regardless of what it is, if you're not coached by that right, by rightly by the person giving you that, which is 90% always people that don't know what the F they're doing, you're going to cataclysmically fail. Yeah. And then you have the rebound and the thyroid issues and all these other things that happen to people that fail in their diets. You know, what we talked about at the beginning of the show. So it's hard, Ben, you know, even with guys like you and me out there today telling people what to do because the internet is so rife with hucksters yeah. and showmen. And like I said, Instagram models with six packs. So it's like really, really yeah. difficult for people to find real information today. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's fair. And, and, you know, even just give everyone the majority of the fit pros and health pros out there the benefit. Fit pros, I love that. Because look, ultimately what peer, people are trying to do is is get results. And like yeah. I said, the way to get results is if we're talking about fat loss, which most people are looking for, if if they're you know listening to this or looking to optimize their health and and blood lipids and and uh, you know blood sugar and testosterone and and hormones and yep. brain health and all of those things. How do I feel the best that I can? Well, one is, again, we, we got to create a bit of a caloric deficit and it doesn't have to be consistently, but it has to be periods of time where we're creating a caloric deficit and we're creating hormonal balance. Now, again, is I don't care what diet you're utilizing. Right. I encourage people to utilize multiple uh, diets. Just yeah. pick one. Yeah, and go for it and see how you feel. Like right. what, what are you experiencing? And then identify with what you're experiencing. And, and it'll help you create more awareness so that as you move forward in your journey, you're learning what works for you and what doesn't work for you because you're not me and you're not you, Jay. Exactly. And so you have to understand that the metabolism, your unique metabolic individuality 
it is only yours. Your gut health is only yours. Yep. Your brain neurotransmitters are only yours. So you're only going to, you are going to respond differently to a banana than I'm going to respond to a banana. Yep. You have different gut microbiota that is going to affect your blood sugar differently. And for you, it may spike your blood sugar. For me, it may keep me very uh, calm and stable and satiated. Yep. But you can't know that if you don't go down that road. The beauty of doing that is learning what works and what doesn't work so that as you move forward again, you know what to implement at various times to the degree that as we're talking about, we just came through the holidays here. Then we say, all right, well, you know, uh, I'll give you an example is um, I didn't work out much over the last couple of weeks, um, which is terrible timing coupled with the holidays, but I got a, a really bad thigh contusion playing rugby a few weeks ago, You're an uh, animal, dude. dude, and uh, <laughs> I can mean, I could barely walk. So obviously I'm thinking to myself, uh, stop playing rugby, sir. Yeah, anyway. that, that, but also thinking, all right, how am I going to strategically manipulate my calories and my lifestyle during this period of time? Now, had I been keto, um, that potentially could have been an option or it potentially could have been a good time to do it considering I'm not moving very much, exactly. right? So right. We're in a period of time where obviously if I'm not moving much, I want to keep my, my calories relatively low. And yep. this is one of the beauties of, of your, how you laid out the metabolic blowtorch diet, as yes. I recall correctly, is you've got periods of low uh, energy expenditure yep. and low calorie intake yes. and high energy expenditure and high calorie intake. And exactly. that's a great way for people to think about metabolic yep. flexibility is yep. um, we just basically cycle through our caloric intake based on our energy demands. It's a exactly. great way to keep your metabolism adjusted as well as keep you uh, lean and healthy and yep. support muscle tissue, but also to support fat loss. And obviously there's varying degrees, but my point is that going into a period of time like this, I can utilize various strategies and not be bound to one thing to the degree right. that causes me to just say, screw it. I can say, well, if my calories need to be lower because my energy expenditure is lower, I can intermittent fast for half the day. And I can just stick with one or two solid meals. Yep. And I can say, I'm going to consume primarily protein and starchy carbs. Yep. And the carbs that I do consume are going to be you know, more of the sweets and stuff, but I can have a little bit of room for that uh, because I'm controlling some of the other macronutrients. And, and so it's just a, a, a tiny example of, of there's so many different ways to manipulate your dieting strategies based on where you are. If you're traveling, what's the time of year? Is it winter? Is it summer? What's going on with your sleep levels? Yep. If you sleep less, you're, you're going to be more insulin resistant. You're going to yep. crave more carbs. Maybe that's a time where I need to feed you more consistently throughout the day to support blood sugar levels because invariably it's going to be thrown out of whack because your sleep sucks and you're traveling a lot right now. But that's not a bad thing because we're still managing your total caloric intake. And so it's just a, a, you know, a, a, a broad example there of there's so many different things that we can do if you're metabolically flexible. So dude, amazing intel. And I get pounded by people who follow me and, you know, quote unquote fans or followers or whatever you want to call them because they're always like, Jay, you bring on these amazing experts and then you never hit them, you know, between the eyes and, you know, lock them down and ask, well, what would they do in that specific situation? So I'm going to ask you, I want you to talk for maybe one minute, 30 seconds, whatever, big picture. So 
right now you have a knee contusion or a leg thigh contusion from playing rugby. Um, if you were deciding over the next two months that you wanted to get your body fat into single digit body fat, which I know you're already close, but would there be a preferred strategy that you have or would it just be pure metabolic flexibility? Well, within that, so yeah, so let's just talk about it. Sure. So let's say we have someone, and okay, fine, me for example, but let's say it's someone that we have, we're considering to be metabolically flexible. Like we believe that they're utilized, they can utilize blood sugars effectively, they can oxidize fats effectively. Um, they're, they don't have a ton of fat storage in other areas of their body. I think that's me and you, dude. I think that's like, you know, close to 10%, 11%, 12% body fat guys in their yeah. 40s who are in great shape, who know what's, what's going on, who understand all the things that you and I have talked about. I think that's a perfect representation. So go ahead, continue. Yeah, I'm, I'm just a really big fan of, um, of doing basically eat more, exercise more. So days when my exercise levels are going to be higher, I'm going to support yeah. myself with yeah. – higher levels of calories and typically yep. that's going to be uh, carbohydrate yep. um, and protein and, and lower fat intake. And on my non-exercise days, I'm going to keep it lower carbohydrate. I'm going to do higher fat. Yep. I'm going to keep protein high throughout the, the whole thing. A really very so, straightforward. Um, but well, will you fast? Like will you on the days that you're low, will you do like a 14 to 15, 16 hour fast optimally? Now I ask that because for me, I do not because I wrote the book on it, but because I do it because of brain function. Like I sure. know that I have higher BDNF output and I just feel honestly better when I got a lot of work to cut, to cut, to push through. And I'm not worried about eating. Does that make yes. sense? It yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. In, in a perfect world. Yes, I would. However, to be fair, I'm not sold on any benefits of, of, um, of it other than just manipulating my caloric intake. Yeah. Now, the problem is um, I, will, uh, I will manipulate it based on my sleep, okay? And so oh. if my sleep sucks, I, I don't do well uh, fasting. I'll wake up. I will feel like I'm hungry or craving. And Can I'll you define it. sleep sucks? Is that like less than five hours, more than, you know, what is that in you, for you, for sleep uh, sucks? For me, I would say, yeah, maybe six hours or less, five hours or less. But okay. um, what I know is like my deep sleep yeah, is say your very limited. Yeah. And, and I do know this objectively just because I track it from my yep. aura ring. Awesome. Um, and I know now the things, and this is part of the flexibility and part of working with the client to understand, like these factors are really, really important. Like you yeah. can have a, a perfect plan on paper, but man, if we're not considering what's going on with your sleep levels, then, and I'm telling you to avoid carbohydrates on a given day, like that may be a day where you really need to consume some, Absolutely. you know, um, low, uh, low sugar, high fiber carbohydrate, just yep. to, to keep you satiated, something like that, yeah. um, or just to keep your brain levels functioning. And so I will just base it based on how I'm feeling. It's very you, intuitive. You and I should do a show on sleep analysis because it looks like you're really dialed into this now. And so maybe we can do a whole show. We'll figure out the bullet points, but we'll talk about based on sleep patterns, how you should change your lifestyle, you know, from dieting. Yeah, well, you know, I'll give you one other example is last night. Um, my kids are, my kids are still in California with my in-laws. And so my wife and I are rolling solo for the That's next That's awesome, days. dude. Are you guys home. knocking it out like three times a day? Dude, it's freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking amazing. Um, but oh, that's great, bro. we went out for dinner last night um, <laughs> late. And we ended up having a late dinner. I ate a lot. That's awesome. Uh, and 
um, went to bed shortly thereafter and noticed, and I already know this to be true, but my, my deep sleep levels sucked. I know oh, yeah, all that food goes to bed. Um, it's one of the reasons I cut out alcohol from my lifestyle for the time being is because yep. I realized it was, it was not only was it affecting other areas of my life, but just from an objective standpoint, it was sure. definitely affecting my sleep, um, my cognitive function, my yep. blood sugar. And so these are really important principles because you can have someone on the perfect plan. Um, I got a guy who's, uh, he's, he's one of my clients. Um, he's training hard. He's leaning out. Uh, but his sleep is terrible and it's totally thrown our whole plan out of whack because he's getting, you know, just a couple hours of sleep a night. So we got to, we got to iron that out before we deal with anything else. We can't, we're not even bothering with carb cycling right now. Um, We're just going to focus on the big needle movers and sleep is a huge one. Well, get him that mat. You know, I sent you the link. Yeah. You know, tell him to buy that mat instantly. That, that is done more for my sleep. In the, I mean, granted, very small sample population, but I've done it for three nights now. And, bro, I swear to God, like I told you before this podcast started, it's completely revolutionized my sleep. It's doing something, you know, the earthing component of it, it must be massively reducing whole body systemic inflation. Inflammation, excuse me, because I feel like the, you know, going to the bathroom is just a normal, you're laying down, you're compressing your liver, you're compressing, you know, your, all mm-hmm. of your lower internal organs. And that kind of makes you lean a different way. And so you have, your body has to empty. But when you're earthing, it's doing something to reduce inflammation. So your body doesn't have that response. Cause it's not like I'm, I have less volume in my urine. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what I've measured in the last couple of days. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm peeing a lot longer. So my body is just more restful. Anyway, that's, um, we can talk about that. No, but I, think I, that's, did, I did want you to finish this podcast and talk a little bit about alcohol because I know you've made it a big mission in your life now to just reduce it, if not eliminate it completely, which I think you have. But I wanted to say, you know, this is a huge point that most people, men especially struggle with, um, Benjamin, as you know, as they get older, like they want to do everything else that we tell them to do, but they don't want to give it up. And it's like yeah. you get into your forties and you want a perfect body or a better body or leaner, you know, visible body, you know, lower abs, four pack, five pack, six pack, whatever it may be, but you're not willing to give up the alcohol. And you and I know that's the one thing that completely curtails getting exactly the picture perfect representation that you want. Yeah. And I, I think it make, can make such a big difference for people. And, and, you know, I'll preface it. I'll preface that statement by saying it's, it's what happens when you're consuming alcohol that becomes more of a problem than the alcohol itself. Now, don't get me wrong. Alcohol is a problem, especially when consumed at night, especially what it does to blood sugar levels at night. And in my experience, and for me personally, it was significantly affecting my deep sleep levels. But also I've noticed this in client after client after client over the years is they're going to sleep a lot better when they're not consuming the alcohol at night versus when they are plain and simple, regardless of whether it makes you feel like you're more relaxed or fall asleep easier, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. It's still going to affect you, but it's everything that comes with alcohol consumption is invariably for most people when you're consuming it, it causes, it can act as a trigger, right? It can cause you to eat more foods and specifically the foods that you tend to eat when you're drinking are the foods that are saltier, sugarier, more sugary, more (laughs) a fatty, um, right. That are going to contribute more towards fats storage and in very metabolic inflexibility or the ability to oxidize those fats, utilize sugars of fuel because the alcohol itself is such a potent fuel source that the, the body, 
prioritizes yep. the alcohol over anything else. So if there's other, you're, right, you're drinking, but you're also consuming pizza, which is uh, sugar <laughs> you know, and fat and carbs, is then you're going to be storing more of those uh, substrates as fat. Um, so it's not so much the alcohol itself, but it's everything that comes with the alcohol. Yeah. And so I, I, I really feel, um, I've been, you know, now about 90 days alcohol free and I've noticed. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Um, and, and, you know, it wasn't because I had a drinking problem per se. Right. Right. I just felt like, um, I just felt like it wasn't helping me move in the right direction. Right. It wasn't helping me become better. Right. It wasn't helping my mindset. It wasn't helping my sleep. It wasn't helping my relationships with my family and my wife. It wasn't helping my business. And so it only seemed logical, especially at this point in my life, when I can look objectively at things and how I want to move forward is it's an easy decision to make yeah. it go. Now, it doesn't mean I'm never going to have a drink again. I'm definitely am. Uh, again, it's, I don't feel like it's an issue, but I am very comfortable now with not consuming it the person that I am without it, how productive I am without right. it, how I can think clearly. But also, um, I mean, for me, it's just the amount of productive thinking that I can accomplish. Yeah. Without it. I mean, for me, for me, I, and again, I'm very outspoken against alcohol. I mean, again, never was a, you know, people always like, oh, you must have been an alcoholic. No, I never had a drinking problem. My whole life, I've been anti-alcohol just because of the way I felt on it. Um, as an early kid in my early 20s, you know, I, when I was drinking or when I learned to drink and get drunk and all that stuff. So I've been away from it for a long time. But I will say, just from the spiritual component, it definitely suppresses consciousness. And yeah. obviously, that's what it leads to all these other things. So, you know, regardless of your, you know, spiritual uh, leanings, and I'm not talking obviously religion, just, you know, how you are as a human being and, and stuff. I feel like if you avoid it, or at least minimize it, you will be more consciously aware and you will be more open to, you know, quote unquote, the law of attraction in the universe yeah. type stuff. And I don't want to go all woo woo on us right now, but I know you and I are very like minded when it comes to that. So the last point to talk about um, then would be just your personal recommendation and do it fast. Cause I want to get you out of here and, and respect your time. Um, in the, the, your three to five most important supplements that you should take. Obviously it's dependent on energy. It's depending on your energy demands, what you do, in your personal life and all that stuff, but just your three to five, like must have supplements. Yeah. Uh, well first, and this is, this is definitely non-negotiable is digestive enzymes, yeah, absolutely. specifically one with hydrochloric acid or HCL. Uh, this is one of probably the most valuable things I'd learned from Charles Poliquin um, after studying from him for years and years and years. God rest, rest him. God rest his soul. Um, but Basically, the, basically, as we get older, because of stress, because of age, because of environmental impact, uh, we lose the ability to digest our foods effectively. Yes. And so hydrochloric acid is something that we produce in the stomach to help break down proteins. But then we also have um, you know, other digestive enzymes, pancreatic enzymes that help break down uh, carbohydrates, emulsify fats. And so, you know, assuming we're hydrated enough, which most people aren't hydrated enough. So one is obviously drinking enough water, but two with that is uh, making sure we are uh, taking in digestive enzymes to help break down the food that we're consuming. If we're going out of our way to consume healthy foods, we want to make sure we're actually absorbing the nutrients from those foods effectively. And, and by the way, one caveat to that. So you are so on it right now, brother. Um, 
in my interview that I did with Scott Mendelson, you know, they have a really good one that him and Eric Serrano sell and they sent it to me and everything and I've been trying it, but he made a really good point and I wanted to just keep it in there and then you jump right back in is that if you're a faster and he is, and a lot of people are now, you go 16, 18, 20 hours on their quote unquote non-lifting days, non-energy demands, demanding days, you have to take that at night. Because your body being, you know, 16, 18 hours with no digestive enzymes, nothing going on in the body from a digestive system side of things really does need those enzymes to, to best, you know, absorb and assimilate the food that you're eating in maybe one or two meals at night. So I'm glad you said that because a lot of people who fast are not doing that. So continue. Yeah, I mean, the, but to, I will say don't take the HCL. Um, right. if, if you have a product that has HCL, you don't want to take that on an empty stomach. That should no, no, be no, definitely taken not. with uh, protein-containing meals because the HCL acts directly on the protein, and there's various strategies well that said. you can utilize. But honestly, man, that has been the most impactful supplement that I've utilized with my clientele I up agree. to this point. It is a, it's absolutely non-negotiable. And honestly, after that, at this point, I... There, back in the day, I would have uh, recommended a laundry list of products. Yeah. At this point, I don't really care as long as you are managing some of the other things that we're talking about. But yes. um, you know, one thing that I found very effective is just consuming a good, good whey protein uh, because of obviously the you know the protein in it, and as a as a means to um, well, one is the glutathione that yeah, yeah. whey protein has as a major antioxidant. And yeah. one of the things about, if we talk about metabolic flexibility or metabolic inflexibility, um, a lot of people are experiencing from an inside out standpoint is a lot of this metabolic damage, yeah. um, mitochondrial damage, yeah. and we need all of the antioxidants we can to offset some of the, you know, the persistent organic pollutants and uh, you know, if we're consuming a lot of meat and we're cooking it to high temperatures, right, yeah. we get a lot of um, heterocyclic amines and, uh, and uh, HCA or whatever the other thing is. Yeah, Teenager proteins. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so we need a lot of antioxidants. So, and whey protein is a great source of the um, glutathione, but also obviously it's contributing towards our daily protein intake, yeah. which I find is very beneficial, especially when we're talking about working with people within the spectrum of their individualized needs. Simply having a protein shake during the day, if you're you know busy, which we all are, can be a great tool, whether it's uh, preload towards a meal for we're going into Christmas dinner. I know yeah. I potentially would eat 2000 calories if I preload with a, a protein shake Without that, a that may be a tool to keep me consuming a thousand calories less yep. just simply because it's filling and, and satisfying. Um, and, and then let's see from there, I, there's really any number of things that we can get into. I would say, depending on the person, fish oil can be yeah. beneficial for high quality fish oil, yeah. bringing that, you know, omega-6, omega-3 uh, back into balance. Yeah. Uh, again, it depends on the person, but I don't really think there's any need to go beyond that for most people. I especially agree. I mean, I, I, we just did a PDF for the webinar I'm doing tonight with Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez. And, you know, we're, you know, that's it. Dude. We have the exact same enough protein, digestive enzymes and omega-3s, deep, deep marine fish oil, everything else is on a specific specificity basis, depending on energy demands and like who you are. And, and, you know, I will add yeah. one thing. I, I would add one thing. and I know we're right at three, so I'm going to take you two more minutes probably. Okay. But um, 
the DNA analysis for people that can afford that and then also afford the nutritional analysis from the specific companies, I'm sure you might recommend a company. I think they're always good to know if you have an allergy or an irritant or if something just doesn't go well with you because as you know, a lot of people don't do well with whey protein, but they don't know that. Yeah, yeah. They constantly sure. eat it, drink it, and then they're bloating and digestion's poor and blah, blah, blah. So I think, That's a, yeah. I, think, yeah, I think with the transparency of today with everything that we have now at our fingertips, it's better to be aware and to do those tests once or twice in your life than to not be aware and like, you know, slug through life. I think it's a great point. Uh, a lot of people have issues with whey protein. So you got to look at the type. Yeah. Um, so I guess I will say, and to be fair, I don't do well with whey protein. So what I do is, is um, hydrolyzed beef protein. Yeah. Yep. And that is non-dairy uh, based. And so it's, for me, it's, it's much easier digested and absorbed. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's a really good point. Uh, I will say one other uh, mineral that I would recommend would be magnesium. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, magnesium is one we're all deficient in. There's various forms of magnesium and, um, but because our soils crap and <laughs> therefore it's just the minerals are not in our food. They, they, they aren't what they were 50 or a hundred years ago. Yep. So we really do have to go out of our way to replenish these mineral needs. And so good electrolyte powder, um, and a magnesium supplement, uh, Epsom salt baths yep. can be really effective. There's various ways to do it, but um, yeah, I always yeah. say glyconate 400 to 800 milligrams for people that are eating carb-based diets, and for people that are eating lower carb fasters, um, citrate because it's a natural laxative too. Same dosage, similar dosage, but yeah, dude, we're right. You're right on it. We, we agree. We're on the same guy. We might. How can yeah. people work with you right now, Benjamin? Um, if they want to reach out to you, they watch this podcast, they want to coach with you, or they want to just connect with you on social media, what's the best way for them to do it? Yeah, uh, so social media is at BSL Nutrition, pretty straightforward. Uh, on the website, bslnutrition.com, there's um, a coaching link, there's a contact link, you can get a hold of me any numerous ways. Uh, most important is um, there's an application process just to make sure that it would be a good fit. I want to find out as much as possible uh, about you and uh, ensure that you know I'm the right person to help. And if not, I've got just a myriad of, of other health prof professionals um, at my fingertips like UJ that um, are phenomenal if I feel like it's not a good fit. But uh, I would love to hear from you and any questions that you have, I'm happy to uh, support you. Awesome, Benjamin. As always, man, you are a wealth of knowledge. This is an epic podcast, man. I love, I mean, I've never had anyone come in and talk at the depths that you did about metabolic flexibility. I'm going to push this to the top of my funnel because people really need to hear this in the new year about understanding like what, how they should actually go about, you know, meeting their nutritional requirements and not to get fixated on a specific dietary pattern or, you know, this, that, or the other, but I thought it was amazing. So again, dude, I, as you know, I love you, brother, and I'm truly appreciative of you coming on the show today. So thank you. Okay. I, I appreciate it, man. Did you love this episode of the Smart Nutrition Made Simple show? Then head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a positive rating and review. And more importantly, share this with other men that you know are dedicated to leveling up in every area of their life by learning how to live healthier, more energetic, and productive lives so that they can optimize their health for their family and future. Thank you for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can work directly with Ben, then just head on over to www.bslnutrition.com forward slash level up.